up? This is your host, Brianna Fisher, and welcome back to the Made in His Image podcast. If this is your first time coming on in, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for checking it out and hanging out with me for a little while. And if this is not your first time, thank you so much for returning. Thank you so much for coming back. That is love for real. But welcome in to everybody under the sound of my voice. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? It is currently September. September has just started. And I personally love this month for many reasons. I love fall. Fall is my favorite month. But most importantly, this is my birthday month, period. So shout out to the September babies. We are indeed the best. But um, I just love changes. I love when things change. I love when there's like a, I just feel like when stuff starts over. Um, and I haven't always been that way, but I just, I like what September brings. I don't know what, what is attached to it, but I just love what September brings in and it's funny I said change because pretty much today I want to pick apart a couple of things that 24 years has taught me as I am reaching the next part of my life which is going to be 25 and a shout out to the 98 babies and everything that I have learned in the past 24 years and things that the Lord has revealed to me in the past 24 years and so before I even jump in how y'all doing I hope y'all are okay. I've been praying for y'all. I've been thinking about y'all. I've been hearing the feedback from you guys. I've been just kind of resting in the different things that the Lord has told me. And hopefully today this conversation is something that is on time for someone or maybe give someone at least some community in terms of like where they're sitting at and where they are. And it's prayerfully it's something everybody could take a piece away from like something some everybody can take something today and put it in their toolbox but before I run my mouth any longer I'm gonna jump into prayer and then we're gonna get straight into it um so heavenly father lord we come before you god um honored and so blessed to be loved by you um honored to be in such a divine relationship with the heavenly father who cares and who sees us and who knows the things that knows about the things that um trouble us and everything that concerns us concerns you lord so i thank you that we can bring everything to you god um i pray that um today lord that you would just speak that the spirit would just move and that you would just speak and that you would bring revelation both to myself and both to those that are under the sound of my voice um to clear up some confusion lord god to give peace when there where there is no understanding and to give direction lord where we feel lost um, Lord, it is in your name I ask and pray, God. Um, don't let us be the same by the end of this conversation. And don't let us be the same after today, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, um, like I said, uh, I love change. Oh, my gosh. I love I love change when it's for reasonable or when it's for, like, the better. Change just for the heck of it, I don't really like it because it's like we could have kept it the way it was before I'm saying like that doesn't apply to everything but sometimes change that's just for the sake of it I'm not a fan but when I feel like change is implemented because it improves something it is for the better it's beneficial I do like it um because I'm an advocate of change. If anybody personally knows me you know I change my hair color regularly every time there's a life crisis that I'm going through oh I'm gonna change my hair like you gonna see me with brown blonde black child I might cut it I don't know I got bangs right now y'all I I've been called scissor Donna Summers the whole night but that's not the point the point is I think change is good conversations have changed and I've had a lot of conversations of change recently with a lot of different friends and very different points of our life and the reality of moving forward 
and I had a conversation with a friend literally yesterday about like a place that she's thinking about moving. And um, I remember a conversation I had with someone else about an opportunity that they were going to take and they weren't really sure if they should take it. And I was like, you have this presented before you and you are letting other people who are scared of change tell you not to take it. You're crazy. And um, I think, like I said, it's scary in the beginning, but when it's for good, when it's for good purpose, I think everybody should pursue it. And so fun fact about me, change for me is I recently started therapy. I recently started (laughs) therapy. I am, this is now pro tip this is a pro therapy podcast and so if you're not pro therapy you know god bless you but me oh we gonna I like to talk stuff out I like to lay stuff out like to lay cards on the table just because nothing changes unless like we face some things and so I started therapy and it was genuinely like a divine experience it was probably one of the best choices I could have made um I found my therapist strangely enough through TikTok shout out to the shameless plug and I feel like it was just what the doctor ordered and I've been healing. I've just been working on myself for years um, just because I, everybody, we all got, we all got our, we all got our stuff, right? But I wanted a different perspective from someone that did not personally know me and therapy was that option. But anyway, um, if you guys can tell by the name of this episode, it's called Offense versus Defense. And one of the reasons I chose offense versus defense is it's in a way those two words are basically how we live our life we either live in an offensive state or in a defensive state and I want to talk from both perspectives today and then the in-between perspective which I'll get to I'm a bookmark there we'll get back to that later but um for starters what different what a defensive life looks like And so as I was reading, as I've just been studying the Bible and and also just how I've been reflecting on my life, I kind of came to terms with the fact that like me personally, I operate out of a lot of fear and anxiousness and, and, and unintentionally it directs how I live my life whether that is how I show up for people, the conversations that I wanna have, even how I walk into a room, a lot of it revolves around me being in my head and a defensive life I have learned from my perspective a lot of the time looks like me being super guarded and me not wanting to show up as myself one of my spiritual mothers prayed over me on Sunday at church and she just said like she just kept saying like there are people waiting on you for your boldness for you to speak up and one of the things and I was like hold on girl first of all first of all who told you that I don't even know how you knew that because I like I don't talk to her as much but for her to kind of speak to something that I have naturally struggled with it made me reflect this past week and so a defensive life also yes it looks guarded it looks fearful I think some of the time it also looks um nonchalant I guess I could say nonchalant in terms of I don't want to care because if I do care that means I'm going to be let down or it means I'm operating out of disappointment it's like a scarcity let me brace myself. Let me protect myself from any disappointments. Let me self-sabotage and let me stay here because I know what's here and I know what I got here. And the more I started to sit on that, the more I was like, where did this come from? Because everything starts with the root. Everything starts with the, well, why is it like this? 
And then it just made me think of like a defense mechanisms. And so things that we do in order to protect ourselves, in order to prevent ourselves from letting ourselves either be loved, be seen, um, make real, actual, intimate connections. And defense mechanisms are created. Why? Because something bad happened or something we experienced was really traumatic and we don't want to go back to that place. And I... My therapist, first of all, this woman read me for filth in our first session. I was like, I don't like this girl. How did you know that? First of all, nobody told you to be up in my business. Well, I mean, I signed up for it, but I didn't need, I didn't know we was going to get straight into it. I ain't like that. But, um, she had just talked about how like you have like this alarm system outside of your house and you are your house and the alarm system is a system that protects you or lets you warn that, Hey, somebody is approaching your property. And she had talked about how sometimes when we've had enough experiences that were bad, that alarm system gets tripped immediately. Immediately. It could be a leaf blown on the lawn. Boom, I'm triggered. Boom, now I'm in defense mode. Boom, I'm bracing myself. Meaning I can't even rest peacefully in my house, in my own home, in my home that I pay these bills for, that I clean up and maintain. I can't even enjoy peace at my own house. Ooh, we gotta figure out why is that? And it's a lot of those defense mechanisms. And one of the first points I wanna make today um, is about this defensive lifestyle is that trauma is not your fault. Okay. All of us are going to go through different situations and parts of our life, whether it was when we were eight or seven or 17 that changed our brain chemistry or changed the way that we view life. Right. And so trauma is not your fault. Trauma is your past though. And it is strictly a reference. It does not have to be your future. When I was at, uh, when I was at work, one day this was like three weeks ago I asked the Lord Lord what is the difference between my fear and my discernment because I don't want to really trust myself I it's like I can't trust myself to make the right decision and so I researched it online like anxiety versus discernment and I came across this article and I love when there is language like you can finally put language to something because a lot of the times why we don't want to communicate is that we don't know how to express it or we don't know how to put words to everything that we're feeling but one of the one of the points that the writer had made her name is Abby McDonald she says fear produces self-reliance okay so fear produces I was not protected before so I have to protect myself now or I was abandoned before so I have to protect myself now I was rejected before so now I have to protect myself now and fear produces that self-reliance um this is for all the um Sorry if I'm in your business. I don't really care, actually. If, you know, my independent sisters, um, hyper-independence. Oh, I am I see you. I see you. We're there with each other. I am hyper-independent. Ask any of my friends. If we go into the same place, child, I'm driving my own car. And you're not going to make me feel bad about it either. Okay? But we are taking our own separate whips. I don't care if we're going to the same place. I'm taking my car because when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get. However, fear produces uh, self-reliance, but discernment comes from reliance on God's wisdom. What Back to what I said about trauma being a reference. Trauma is something that you go back on that was meant to teach you something. Something about your past. It, But it is not meant to teach you more about your future. Because if we only operate in that place of trauma, oh, you're going to see everything through that lens. So if your trauma made you see, like, I don't know, turned your eyes blue. Everything that you see is going to have a tint of blue to it. And so from that point forward, you're going to operate from that place of like, uh-uh, absolutely not. Whereas discernment is like, okay, I'm not going to depend on my past to be 
my guide for my future. Because as long as I'm doing that, that means I'm in cycles. So if I'm looking back to move forward, that mean, I'm most likely going in a circle. That means I'm turning instead of walking straight, I'm curving, circling back to the very place I started in. In this book I've been reading by Christine Kane, it's called Don't Look Back. She specifically talks about Lot's wife. And she breaks apart why she was why Lot Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt because when she looked back, it says she looked back longingly. And I'm not saying that you're looking back on your past. I'm not saying any of, of us are, but a lot of the time when we look back on our past, I think it, it it skews the way that we view our future. It skews the way that we view the abundance that God wants to give us instead of instead of like the it, it the two the two can't be in this thick the two can't operate um together in the same place like one has to stay behind and so if we were to move forward we would see more of what God sees and less of what we've been through yeah that's that's point number one trauma is not your fault and trauma is your past it's a reference it is not your future point number two I was writing down a lot of things that I have learned um in 24 years of being alive that's not a lot okay in comparison to my mama who is 62 god bless that woman I'm dumb in comparison to her and I'm not calling myself dumb for real but like her wisdom at 62 is far beyond my years but in the 24 years I've been alive they have been good to me and one of the things that I learned um I made these points separate my point number 13 for myself um of what I've learned is healing begins when you accept truths that you don't like so I don't have to like what happened to me or what caused me to be this way, but I can't accept it. I can accept that was my past. I was, I was abandoned, emotionally abandoned as a child. I was rejected. Nobody saw me. Nobody understood me. People hurt me. People disrespected me. And it's like, when we live in that place for a long period of time, we make, we make it up in our mind that that is what's true. And as long as you're using the mirror of your life or how other people perceive you as who you are, you'll never understand what God has to say about you. Going back to my episode on what mirror are you looking in, you got to evaluate what truth am I establishing as my truth? Because that that's how that based off that truth, that's how I'm going to live my life. And then point number 14, the 14th thing that I learned is growth happens when you acknowledge the truth without enabling it. And then you work to unlearn it. This is when faith without works is dead. So I believe that God said that like I'm loved and all these things. So that means that there's got to be things I got to start unlearning that told me I was not worthy of love. That told me I cannot show up as myself or when I open my mouth, people are not going to speak. That there's some things I got to unlearn and I can truly grow when I can acknowledge, okay, yes, this happened to me. I don't have to stay there though. And now I'm going to do the process of unlearning it. It's, it's like a... It's like you start to rewire. You start to rewire at the root to have so that your mind may be renewed. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? And so there's transformation that takes place when you are focusing on what the Lord says because your mind is being renewed, meaning like it's being rewired. It's rewired at the root. So there are things that are changing in the way you talk and the way you speak and the way you operate simply because you are focused on what he has to say and I feel like the more that I've done that the more I've been able to be like dang I'm not who I was six months ago I'm not who I was a year ago and 
I'm 24. About to, uh, actually, I'm 25. Let me say that correctly. I'm 25. I am not, I don't want the same things that I wanted at 21. Lori Harvey said that in a, in a conversation. She was like, I don't want, I don't even know her. I don't even know that girl. Girl, Brianna at 21, I don't know her. Whoever you are under the sound of my voice, you just got to be like, I'm not even that same person at 24 versus 25 or 21 or 19. And keep, and keep moving towards that. So that's, that's the defensive. All of that is under the large umbrella of defense, right? Moving over into the other side, which is offense. Offense is trust. And this can be point three. Offense is trust that God gave you instruction. So when I was like, ooh, I know that's it. I know that's in the Bible somewhere, but where? And I'd be like, I'd be like, y'all, I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but I'd be like, God, you, you've had to have mentioned this. This got to be in the Bible somewhere. Like this is too common of a thing you, that you have to have talked, talked about this at some point. And then I'm taken to, um, Philippians, it was Philippians three fourteen, And it says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high. I press toward the mark for the prize of the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right. So press toward, press towards means there's something I'm pushing. There's something I'm working. There's something that I'm doing. There's something that I'm believing. Offense is trust and then it's strategy. So it means, okay, I'm putting God to the test. I'm taking it. I'm taking him up on his word. And I'm now I'm, I don't know what offense necessarily looks like, but I'm at least start getting some things together. I'm going to start organizing some stuff. I'm going to start going to therapy. I'm going to start reaching out for community and stop isolating myself because I feel like it was easier at one point in time to just isolate. I'm going to start asking for help. <laughs> That's a trigger. <laughs> That's a trigger. Asking for help tastes like vinegar coming out of my mouth. I would rather not. I literally would rather not. I, mm -mm. I'm not asking for help and I'm not acknowledging that I need help. I'm not acknowledging I'm not okay. I'm not acknowledging, Hey, I need to, I need to talk to someone because my hyper independence made me just be like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. No, thank you. Not realizing I was making myself struggle for no reason when I didn't have to. And this, this hyper independence also, mm, this hyper independence also kind of showed me that I don't trust God that much. I must put another bookmark there because I'm had to come back to that because that's there. We're going to unpack that in a little bit, but I did want to note, like I, I, we're going to note that. And so um, I press toward the mic. I'm strategizing. I'm, I'm, I'm putting some stuff in order so that I can see what God says. Cause he said it and he ain't no liar. So I'm going to take him up on it. And so if you guys ever heard my first episode, like I mentioned before, um, what mirror are you looking in? It was Judges 611. It was about the call of Gideon and when God, when God put the call of Gideon on his, uh, on Gideon's life. And, um, it was pretty much the exchange of the angel of the Lord and Gideon. And I said it in that episode, arguing with Gideon was like arguing with a toddler. Like every solution that the angel would give, Gideon brought another problem or another reason why. And so it's uh, that's the summary of it. The angel Lord said, hey, you're called. Gideon was like, literally, stop it. Don't lie. I'm not. Gideon was like, 
And the angel was like, yes, you are. You're going to strike him down with one hand. And Gideon was like, I'm the weakest in my house. How am I going to do that? You lying in my face. And then the angel of the Lord was like, I said what I said. And then Gideon again was like, hold on. I don't even really believe I'm talking to you. So let me, let me, let, hold on, hold, hold on, <laughs> hold on. And so um, in the part where he's like pretty much hold on, it's in Judges 6.16. And he said, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me it is a sign that it is you who I speak with. Do not depart from here until I come and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. And so basically the next like, I'd say like five lines, Gideon, he goes and prepares something. He goes and prepares like a cake and like he puts it in a, he puts it in a broth and then he puts the broth in a pot and he puts that in a basket and then he puts it out before the angel of the Lord. And then if you go down a couple lines, it says in Judges 621, the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the cakes and the fire sprang up from the rock and consumed it. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. That right there is what the switch from defense to offense looks like. Because there are some people probably under the sound of my voice that are like, okay, girl, you saying defense to offense is good for you. You need to do it. I don't know what that looks like. I'm the first in my family to do that. I don't know what going to get a degree may look like. I don't know what healing really looks like. I don't know what a healthy marriage looks like. I don't know what healthy relationships look like. I don't know what healthy self conversations look like. I don't know what health, what financial literacy looks like. I don't know what any of that looks like. How are you going to tell me to make this switch if I don't know what that looks like and nobody in my family has taught me? I see you. And I understand you because there's a lot that I'm learning that I have not necessarily seen in my family as well. But my family is open to learning. And what I'm talking about here, the switch from offense, from defense to offense is putting yourself back out there. It is putting yourself in a state, not just with anything or not just with anybody. Pray about this to God and ask for the Lord to give you instruction. But it's putting yourself back in that place of I'm going to try again which is what Gideon was doing. Gideon gave the angel of the Lord several reasons why he could not do the thing God called him to do or gate or the, the thing that God said, Hey, this is going to be yours. He met him. He met the angel of the Lord with excuse after excuse after excuse. I'm the, he said, I'm the weakest in my family. This happened many, many years ago. I don't even know what that looks like. And three, I don't even believe that myself. So how are you going to tell me about me and what I'm supposed to be? And you don't know my situation. The point is, God knows your situation very specifically, which is why he put that dream in your heart in the first place. And so if he put it in your heart in the first place, that very thing that you think is unusable or unlovable or needs to be kept underneath your bed in the corner is the very thing God is like, uh-uh, give me that. Yep, hand it over, fork it over, pal. And so the switch from defense to offense is yes, putting yourself back out there. It's reaching out. It's asking for help. It's maybe taking up a class of something. It's seeking out wise counsel. Because truth is, we are not meant to do this life on our own. We are not meant to just carry every burden on our own. Which is why Jesus came in the first place. Because he knew we were incapable of carrying these burdens. And he said, I, I'm going to take that off you. All you need, all you have to do is give it to me. Because one thing about Jesus, Jesus has a fire exchange policy. Because what I give him in ashes, he gives me beauty. What I give him in brokenness, he gives me wholeness. What I give him in being so far gone, he gives me in redemption. 
And so if he does that in in me, imagine what he can do around me and for me. And then, okay, take it up a step through me. And so whatever that may look like for your situation, whether that is healing, financial growth, maybe a career switch, maybe you're the first to go to college, maybe you're the first to maybe do thing God's do things God's way, whatever, whatever your situation may be. And it's, this is applicable on so many different situations is putting yourself out there. Why? What number is this point four? I hope so child. I hope so. <laughs> Why? Cause faith without works is dead. Everybody. You didn't even have to grow up in church to hear this. Okay. You didn't have to, be a bible scholar to know faith without works is dead okay you can dream about it you can talk about it you got to put the work in you gotta you gotta put the muscle behind it the 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 rubber has to meet the road at some point and if you're believing god for changing your narrative you got to put the work in behind it one of uh this really cool illustration that the holy spirit gave me was um what ha- is that we are co-laborers with Christ, right? And so what happens when flesh and God combine? What happens when man on earth and God's divinity come into agreement and work with each other? Well, Jesus happens. Jesus is the personification of man, of man on earth and God combining. God came down and took on flesh, right? And I mean, y'all know what the real one did. Y'all know what Jesus did when he came down here and gave people hope, spread the gospel, and then gave us new life. Okay, so Jesus is is the perfect personification of what happens when we collab, when we collab, when we co-labor with God. So at some point, we have to make that switch. Now, if y'all remember that switch I told you about that I told you to put a bookmark in, I'm going to bring that back up. That switch is called transition, which is where I find myself and majority of my friends right now. All of us are in between. And my pastor, he just um, had a message on Sunday about in the middle. And it was a perfect on-time word. I, I recommend you guys go listen to it. It's called In the Middle by Pastor Robert Madu at Social Dallas. And it was like, dang, bro, how you know? How did you know that? How did you know, like, all of us were in this situation? And how did you, I don't know. I don't know. But that's how you know that the Holy Spirit is, that God is, like, very aware of what concerns us. And so, transition, right? And back to what I talked about with Gideon. um, What you see when Gideon was like, okay, let me go prepare this for you. And that way I know I've heard you. That's transition. And transition is really hard when you don't know what you're doing. And you don't know what it looks like. And you don't know if you're doing it the right way. And I think that that is the scariest place I have found myself in. Because I've been uncertain about so many things. It has left me uncertain. It has left me confused. And I don't I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like that. I like, no, I'm not a, okay, fun fact, I'm not a go with the flow person. Okay, what, no, what time does the flow start? First of all. Um, what direction is the flow going? Um, do I need a hat? Um, do I need to bring my water bottle? Um, like, can I get, you know, the, the itinerary breakdown of, of the flow? Cause going with it, just that ain't enough for me. And I don't like that uncertainty. 
and I don't and I don't like what that is going to look like to other people as a retired people pleaser I didn't want to try things because I knew there was a chance of me putting myself out there and it not going that well and seeing the backlash that I may get for it and Kanye West he actually talked about that and then like it was like a short little interview and he had talked about how um everybody has these dreams and we we want and we want to do and we want to and we want this thing and we dream this thing and we see this thing but the thing is what are people doing like it's very easy to talk about what we want but what are we doing and some people are are so scared to fail that they won't even try that they won't even do it they won't even go after it because the fear of failure is so heavy. The fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, that fear of whatever happened in the past is going to come back again, further proving that I never should have done it in the first place. And I'm just like, when he said that, he was like, if you have failed, you have already succeeded because at least you've learned. At least you've learned, okay, that wasn't for me or that wasn't the route that I should go because sometimes rejection doesn't mean like that it's never been for you sometimes it's there's just delays and not everything is a denial if it doesn't happen immediately and you and you have to really ask God God is this a delay or is this just, or is this or is this a denial and help me give me understanding of how to navigate that because James what is it James 1 5 I believe it says if any of you lack wisdom ask and God will freely give it out freely let me highlight freely for the free ski free 99 he will freely give out wisdom he will freely impart to you his wisdom and his instruction going back to my choose her episode God will give it freely if you ask and so if you fail that's good enough at least you tried most people don't even want to try and that's okay I think, honestly, I think if you try, you're putting yourself in a better position, even as uncomfortable as it is. Even if you don't like it, you're, you're, you're already changing the narrative. You're already breaking the cycle, which in our culture are, is a lot easier to stay in. It's a lot easier to stay in a cycle. So we move. <laughs> we move. And... Before I move on too far, I think another point I want to drop is the uncertainty, right? The, the uncertainty of my next, the transition, as I'm transitioning, the uncertainty of my next. And in the song, Wait On You with Maverick City, um, Dante Bo says, if you're weary and waiting, stay right there. Stay right there. Like, stay right there. Because those that wait on the Lord, like, their strength shall be, what is it? Ah, yeah, you got it right. Those that wait on the Lord, their strength shall be renewed, right? And my mama, bless Mama Fisher, because this woman has taught me a lot. But every time I tell her, like, yeah, I'm just in a place, her favorite thing to say is, that's a good place. And I'm like, okay, girl, okay, that's sure. But she's right. She's right because I have no other choice but to trust the Lord. I have no other choice but to trust that, like, the transition, the move, the exchange, whatever, I don't know what's next. God does and I'm like okay girl you ate that little one you you ate that little one that's fine and if if you're wondering where that may be backed in scripture 
I'm going to take you to a passage of scripture that, um, that the Lord revealed to me over, over the course of time. Um, I'm pulling it up. Please don't mind me. I should have had this wrote down. My apologies, y'all. I think it's in Psalms. It's Psalms 199. Or 199. 119 verse 105. Um, it says, this is David talking. And he said, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light unto my path. And one thing about the Bible, if you really want to just really understand and read the Bible, the Bible is very picky on certain words, okay? Diction matters in the Bible. If it highlights a specific little detail, oh, child, break that up. Like, it's, it's a multi, very thick layered sandwich, and there's many layers in it. And so Psalms 119 says, your word is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. I think that's highlighting two separate parts of our life. A light into my path means you light up my path. All I have to do is walk it, meaning you give me the breakdown, you give me the you give me the details, you give me the outline. All I have to do is walk in it. All I have to do is just put another foot in front of the other because I can see everything. Okay? And I, I have like all literally all you have to do is show up. That's it. Because God will do that. God will put you in places. All you got to do is show up. And he has the rest of the story written out. And let me tell y'all, that's my favorite. Because I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I got the details. I got the itinerary, child. I'm a planner, girl. I like to, I love a good itinerary. Okay, honey? I love a good, give me the wraparound. Okay, give me the wraparound. But then the next piece of the verse says, a lamp unto my feet. Now, I'm a control freak of myself. Like I said, I like the, give me the flow schedule. I like the breakdown, a lamp unto my feet. Sometimes all God gives you is the next step and that's it. And sometimes you don't even know when the instruction of the next step is coming. Sometimes all God gives you is for, is something for the day. And learning to be okay with that has been one of my most difficult parts of this of these past 24 almost 25 years is that I my life looks different than how I thought it would be and I mean that in a really great way like the Lord has blessed me severely but my life I don't have I don't know what's next I genuinely have no idea what's next I know what I'm hoping for I know what I'm believing God for I genuinely don't know what is next because my life has changed so much and all I have each day is what God gives me for that day which are his goodness and his mercy, which is good enough for the day. But learning to be okay with what I get for the day is is a struggle I feel like that is as old as time. Girl, how do you know that? How, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. I promise it is. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt and they were in between the land of milk and honey in Egypt, after they done crossed the Red Sea, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. And... It says that the Lord provided the manna every day, every day on the dot, every day he gave them manna and what they had to do, because what are we people? What are we class? We're co-laborers with Christ. They had to go out and get that manna and grain it up. And that's how they had their bread. And he would give them extra on Saturdays because on Sundays they were supposed to rest. So they weren't supposed to go out and grab that manna. And so each day on the dot, on the clock or whenever they, he would provide manna and they would have to go and get it. Sometimes that is all you're going to get each day. 
what he gives you for for the day according to your portion according to what he has given you that's it that's all and learning to be okay with that I feel like personally for me I haven't liked but I've had to learn to be okay with because I can count on his reliability I can trust that the Lord gives me what I need for the day that's why the Bible says in you know the Lord's prayer give us this day our daily bread meaning it's daily it's something that I obtain daily because he gives it and if I seek it, if I go out and get it, I'm going to be fed for the day and I'm going to be good. And I'm not going to be so concerned about tomorrow, which is a lot of where my anxiety and fear has come from because I have been concerned about tomorrow. I've borrowed from tomorrow and I'm using my past as trauma and my experiences. And now I'm combining it and now I'm in debt because I done borrowed from so many different banks. And it's like God was like, I never told you to carry that in the first place. If you give that to me. I can do something with it, but as long as you hold on to it, it's going, it's just, it's gonna, you're gonna, your arms are gonna get tired. You carrying stuff that you don't have to carry anymore. And if you stop me, I would give you direction. Just, but just know that thing that you're carrying probably can't even come with you and being okay with that. I'm sorry if I'm in your business or if I'm talking about somebody, but please understand I'm speaking very specifically about myself. And if, if we, if we twin it right now, just know that I see you. But my point being is that sometimes that God does not give the full outline or the playbook. And if he just gives you enough for the day and that each step is just one foot in front of the other, that's a good place to be in. And if anything, it builds your trust in God and it builds your faith in him. Because I had a very real conversation and I was like, honestly, God, I don't think I trust you. Because I, I so severely have to control everything. And if something doesn't go my way, then I operate in defense mode and I shut everything out. And I'm just like, all right, bet. Well, I don't, whatever. And I had to come to terms with like, my trust in you revolves solely around what I felt like I can control. And so I said, God, I, I gotta, I gotta let go of control. Because the Bible says a man who loses his life gains it. So when I lose, when I let go, when I come to the end of myself is when I gain life, is when I actually gain the fruits of the spirit, peace, love, self-control, all of the things. It, like, like I said, God has an amazing exchange policy. So when, when I let go of control, he gives me him. And that's enough for me. And when I tell y'all, I was like, I, I, I don't know if y'all know th that meme from The Wire where the dude, he was just like, shocked he was like oh, oh. I must have looked like that I was shooketh I said hold on oh this is why I'm struggling so bad my past is telling me more about me than God mm, let's unpack that there that's some that's not okay but I love that God is so patient with us and that God through this entire breakdown throughout this whole conversation is that God is incredibly patient with us in that transition and how he sees us regardless of whether or not we think we know what we're doing and because of his patience um when we make a mistake and we get really hard on ourselves he's like that's okay come on you're, you're okay let's keep on going I see what you're struggling with let's I know I knew you're gonna do that let's let's keep it pushing let's keep going let's keep going because the truth be told, God, we're not changed by fear when we think God is angry with us. It's his love that changes us. And fun fact, that's another one of the 24 things that I've learned 
is that agape love changes you forever. The love of God is what caused the change in my heart. It's what caused me to turn back, um, to turn back to him when I, when I was the one that wandered off. That, that a love when I was in defense mode and didn't want to ever let myself dream or be loved or be in a position where I was vulnerable. He loved me then. He loved me in the in-between. And then he lo- and, and he loves me in the offense. One thing that I can depend on most importantly is that I change, he doesn't. I switch up, he doesn't. His love stands forever. And that is what has been my anchor in the transition. That is what has been my anchor in the offense versus defense, in the switch, in the change, in the uncertainty is that his love has always been enough. And it's always going to be enough as long as I continue to seek that because that's the only thing that keeps my cup full. And for people that are doing a lot, being everywhere all at once for everybody, which I learned I was doing, your cup is never going to be full as long as you are depending on other people to pour into it. And I'm not saying that other people can't because your community does that. But your primary source of sustenance, of of fulfillment, of identity has to be found in Christ. Otherwise, you are going to be searching for a lot of people to pour in something that they don't have. And I think it's important that if, if you can at least recognize that, it puts you at his feet. And you're met with a father that is like, I've seen you this whole time and I've never stopped loving you. And I, I'm here with you. that being said um I just come down to my final point of because normally I ask questions but I just wanted to like make points here because these are just things that the Lord brought to me is what place do I do you want to operate out of what place do you want to see your life in five years where do you want to be and once you ask yourself, okay, where do, where do I want to be in five years? What are the steps that I that are necessary for me to get there? And you may not even know, child. That's fine. <laughs> that's okay. That's a question for you to ask the Lord. Lord, what is it that you see for me? And what are the steps that I do to get there? And what he'll probably do, he'll just give you enough for each day. You got to walk that thing out. That's the most important thing that you can do. Walk that thing out because that's good enough. Because surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalms 23. If you know, you know. So the song that I want to leave you with today is Trust in God by Elevation Worship. And I think the, the chorus, which sits on me, I just rotate this lyric in my head a lot, is I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. And they sing this so many times and they said, and that's why I trust him. I'm praying for those of you that are in transition or maybe in a defensive state or maybe switching over to offense or maybe in offense wanting to switch back to defense. Maybe you want to go back. You've come too far to go back. You have worked too hard. You have done too much of the work and God has been too good for you to go back to where he brought you out of. Okay, let's not go back to Israel, y'all. Uh-uh, it's hot. It's hot there. I don't like it. I don't want to be there. And if it takes you some time to get to the place that he has promised you, child, that is okay too. Because there's different things that he's working in us. Do not compare yourself and your timeline. Accept where you are. And, 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 
and accept God's love of where he has been throughout your life because contentment I feel contentment of where you are whatever season you find yourself in one thing my grandpa always said is whatever place you find yourself in find yourself to be content because if that's where you are you gonna have to stay there for a little while and you're going to prolong wherever you want to go as long as you are comparing and not content and contentment is hard it's a practice it's a daily practice some of these things take a long time to walk out it's important that you just stay there though ask yourself those questions write the vision make it plain go to therapy go to counseling maybe go back to school maybe reach out to some people that you want connections with maybe pray to God for a mentor maybe pray to God for healing I I don't know I don't know what everyone's story is but open put yourself back out there for God's goodness because there's abundant life that you we are missing out on because we're living in our past and that's offense versus defense <sighs> that's what that exhale I, I don't know if y'all felt that I did <laughs> I needed to do that because some things just weigh on you so heavy some things just sit on you really heavy and I'm currently in the position of walking this thing out and I don't know what is next so I'm here to tell you I'm walking with you and I see you but with that being said, I will go ahead and pray it out. Um, I hope that there was something that you could take away from this conversation. There's something that the Lord revealed to you or gave you context for. And if this was a word for you, because if it's not, toss it back. But like, comment, and share, because it may be for someone else, which is the our purpose. But don't get me started, y'all. I'll keep going. But anyway, I'll pray it out. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you just just thank you just thank you for being the loving father that you are you are a sovereign god you are a omnipotent god you are a god that is always available that is always near that always sees that is always always available to us and i thank you that you see us in our most broken places in our most confused places in our best places god and that even when our eyes are off you god you have never taken your eyes and your hands off of us I pray every person in the sound of my voice, Lord, seeks you in this part of their life that they are in, whatever position that they find themselves in, Lord. I pray that they become sensitive to your spirit, God, and that your word becomes a light to their feet and that it gives them instruction, Lord, and that you surround them with the people that point them back to you. I pray for wise counsel, for mentorship, for connections, Lord, that grow us, that build us, that shape us to who we are to become. And I pray, Lord God, most importantly, that you fulfill us, Lord God, that you would be our source of our source of energy, our source of life, God. There is nothing outside of you that could ever fulfill us or sustain us, but you are our everything. You are our all in all. And I thank you that regardless of whatever we find ourselves in, Lord, that you are in every single phase and situation in our life. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise, God, and I just thank you for the things that you're doing that we don't know about yet, that it hasn't even entered into our hearts of what you're doing and what you're changing for our good. It's in your name that I ask these things and pray. Amen. Ciao. Anyways, um, I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all so, so much. Um, I pray that you feel God's love. I pray you feel his direction. I pray he does something new in September um, in this last four months of the year. Four girl by three months of the year um three or four months whatever i don't know what i mean 
and um, that you really just see our, that you really just see something new. He's doing a new thing. Shout out to Madison Ryan Ward. Um, and yeah, God's doing a new thing. So make yourself available for it. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Y'all take care of yourselves. You mind your business. You drink your water. And you keep pressing. Anyways, y'all. Peace. Love y'all. Bye.